listening to In the House with Jenny Woon and Tony Singh, your West Coast real estate agents, a personal and professional development podcast for the everyday working woman. Gain proven business building tools and actionable strategies to maximize profitability. Here's your host, Jenny and Tony. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to In the House podcast with Jenny and Tony. Hey, guys. We have a special guest on for you guys today. Connie Buna of Keller Williams Van Central Realty. She is a broker owner, managing broker, and top salesperson mm-hmm. in Metro Vancouver. And we are so thrilled to have her on the show. She was amazing. She is an amazing human being. Yeah, human being, uh, mentor. In addition to her kick-ass sales, but she's just awesome all around and mentor, teacher, learner. What's the what's the number one thing you learned from her today? I mean, I always come out with uh, learning something new from Connie, but maybe today it would be um, what did she say? It was be in your strength zone. Be in your strength zone. Yeah, I've never heard it been termed that way, mm-hmm. and I think it's really easy to get clear on you know what are your strengths. So, mm-hmm. wh- are you in your strength zone? Yes or no. And it's a really good quick check Mm -hmm. to see what you can um, capitalize on in terms of your strengths or something maybe that you need help with, Mm -hmm. uh, with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe if you want to visualize it like on a meter or something like that. (laughs) And and that that zone is in the, it's green, green all the time, right? So are you in that green zone all the time? Yeah. And so I, that was the biggest takeaway for me. How about you? I mean, there were so many great tidbits there of information. There were so many, honestly. Yeah. Um, she just has a, such a great positive attitude. She's infectious. everything. Mm-hmm. And her passion for being involved in the community, her spirit of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And you could just see the fire in her eyes. She lit up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I think real estate is real estate, but ultimately the bigger impact for her is equality for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, no matter who you are. And she's a great teacher to her kids, yes. to all the agents in her office mm-hmm. and just to us as well. I know. I'm so grateful yeah. to have I'm her so glad as a friend that- and that we had her on the show. And for those of you that are listening you're definitely in for a treat, whether or not you're a new licensee or a veteran realtor. If you're listening to this episode, you'll definitely learn something new, I'm sure. Yeah. Stay tuned, guys. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Welcome back to In The House Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And how's Hi. everything doing? How's everybody doing on a Wednesday? We're good. Mm-hmm. And we have a special guest. Oh my God, I'm so excited for uh, this special guest to be joining us today. Thank yeah, you let's introduce me. her. Yeah, <laughs> Connie Buna. Welcome to our show. Thank you. <laughs> you are the managing broker for Keller Williams Realty Van Central. Yes. And... Medallion award winner. She's a top producer. She's an overall cool human being, broker (laughs) owner. Broker owner. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we did a deal a few years ago. Two years ago, I think. Two years ago in East Van. Are your clients still living in the house? They are. They love the house. Yeah. Okay. It was a really tough deal because. Um, I don't know if you remember the tenant that was actually living in the basement mm-hmm. suite. Never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgotten because... <laughs> did you yeah, have problems she, getting them out or no. did they no. stay? No. no. I think she was uh, a hoarder. Oh. And actually, you didn't see the home before Shoot. we cleaned it out. I know. Either. Yeah, it's a, it was definitely, definitely one of those sort of sad moments, but... Oh. Um, yeah, no, you were a dream to work with, and your, your client was traveling. Remember traveling? Yeah, your travel. Your client was abroad, and we were dealing with uh, elderly neighbor oh, as shoot. sort of the intermediary between us. And oh yes, seller. he was quite involved. Very it's good involved. experience, though. It was great. It's a beautiful, and good Vancouver special. No, it was a, a phenomenal deal we did together. You were very professional thank you. and a pleasure to work with. Such a good role model. Oh, thank you. For me. Right back at you. So obviously we wanted to have her on the show. Cool. Yeah. Um, how do you know Connie? How do I know Connie? Yeah. Connie, how do we know each other? I 
think we we met. We've known each other for a good number of years, yeah. but I think there's sort of a, a mutual respect and admiration yeah. for you know we we sort of recognize one another, women in business that are that are a little bit different, just working in a little bit of a different way, and and certainly there's a synergy there. So I feel that way about both of you women and. Um, Tony, I've, I've been a fan of yours for quite some time. I'm a fan of yours too. Hey. I consider you a good friend. And Connie's somebody that I really admire, just like you in the industry, which is probably why we're all sitting here together. Hmm. Very integrous. Thank you. You're welcome. And somebody that it's just nice to be able to, like if I if I had a question about something, I feel like I could call you. You're very open and welcoming. And I feel like that's also the way that you run your real estate brokerage. For sure. Absolutely. So we have a whole, that's a perfect segue. We have a whole bunch of questions Great. that we're hoping our our listeners are going to learn a lot from you. All right. And so do you want to get right into yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. You're at okay. uh, 114 agents in your office and growing. Mm-hmm. How old is the business? How old is your office? So September, we had our four-year anniversary. So oh, congratulations. Four years running the brokerage and it's been very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on located at Fraser and what's the cross? And 24th Avenue. 24th Avenue. Yeah, okay. So East Van. Some mm-hmm. really good agents out of that office that I've worked great with agents. before as well. Thank you. Um, tell us how you started in the business. Yeah, great question. So I've been in real estate trade for just over 10 years and uh, got my inspiration. So I've always loved urban design, architecture, building science. Um, I have a highly employable degree in political science. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so that strikes some, uh, some really interesting conversations with yeah, your clients, gonna, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I when I finished university, I, I had a long history um, in sales. And after I purchased my first home uh, in 2004, my experience was positive. Um, and I thought to myself, geez, um, I really enjoy this. And also this person has not done anything that I can't do. Mm. And what does it look like if I were to take the leap and, and work on my own? At that time, I was working for a large corporation. I was working for Bell Canada. Oh, wow. And so it was sort of the mindset of flipping into 100% commission-based environment as a salesperson. Um, at that time, I was in sort of a high level of, of corporate sales. So I was earning a very comfortable six-figure salary. And so that was a scary prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, I had the decision made for me when BCE, Bell Canada, the company I was working for, did a whole raft of layoffs. And yeah. I was in a management position at the time. And so I was kind of looking around the table at my colleagues. And I was very young. I had no family obligations. All of my colleagues did. And so when we were talking about that, someone on the management team was going to need to to um, be laid off. I kind of put my hand up and said, hmm, I'm happy to take that package. She's just like that. She's just like that. Well, I just yes. thought, well, this could be a really neat opportunity. And and from there, I, I did my licensing. And in fact, I did my coursework. Um, I was in Ontario at the time. So I moved back from BC to Ontario, okay. um, where I'm originally from, and had a little brief window of time while I did my coursework over that year through my layoff period. It was, it was a Fantastic. real game-changing experience for me. And uh, and an opportunity then when I moved back to BC later on that year, uh, directly after the crash of 08, oh. <laughs> great time to get into the real yeah. estate market. It is though, because is. you would have, you know, I didn't go to the tiny market then. Yeah. You don't That's know what thing. you don't know. Yeah. And so I just I just dove in head first and as I said, I'm not I'm not from BC. I'm not from Vancouver. I didn't grow up here. I don't have school so friends no or family. But I had my network of um of contacts with Bell Canada, which were some of my very first clients, were folks that I knew from mm-hmm. from that community. And also I had my friends and contacts from the from the queer community that mm-hmm. um, I was building relationships in that community. I was still pretty early on in terms of my experience in Vancouver, mm-hmm. but that's how it got started. And I think a little bit like how lots of things happen in my life, which is I stumble into them with like kind of blind optimism. Very much how I got into the brokerage business, frankly, it was not my dream. <laughs> She's got a strong mindset. <laughs> to open a brokerage, but I was like, I can do this. This seems interesting. <laughs> And, and so here we are. I love that. Yeah. Well, speaking of the brokerage then, so how do you, I mean, you have, you're a woman of many hats. So you, how do you balance your time between mm. being managing the brokerage, your own personal sales? And also I am going to mention here, she's also a mom <laughs> with a family. Mm-hmm. How do you balance all of that? What kind and of advice do you have for people? her other side gigs. Exactly. We We're going to get into that too. Touch all the fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> So how do I balance everything? I have, um, I'm not shy to say that I have amazing 
partners. So I have mm-hmm. an incredible wife that offers me amazing support and love at, on the home front. Mm-hmm. And we have an amazing family support system. And I have an awesome business partner in uh, Roland Kim. So in those two primary support people in my life, I think that we have developed a really great system of um, leverage. And so leverage is, you know, that's a that's a mm-hmm. key word that we talk about a lot in business and certainly in real estate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, what I've started to embrace is that I don't need to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And that's a work in progress. So powerful. I'm by nature a bit of a controlling person. <laughs> uh, a lot of us are that that function at our level. Mm-hmm. And so where I'm learning and I'm always learning is what do I need to be directly involved in and, and where can I lean into other people's expertise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a really powerful thing I, I've learned through 2020 is um, the phrase, are you in your strength zone? That's a conversation topic that oh, I have I regularly with my coach. Yeah. And and so, you know, in her assessment, and this has been written about and talked about is if you're trying to do something that you're actually not really good at, yes, it takes you extra that long. Much. So don't yeah. do it. <laughs> don't do it. How can you find someone else to do it and get really clear in the instructions? So yeah. a lot of the balance comes from, I just, I, I do like functioning at a pretty fast pace generally. Mm-hmm. And also I am not shy to lean into lots of help. I love that you have That's a coach great. too, because yeah. obviously you're a coach to many, many agents at your office. Yeah, for sure. So what are what are some of the things that a lot of the agents are struggling with that you see this year so mm-hmm. far? Well, I think, you know, I'm very sympathetic to mindset. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. in thinking about mindset, the idea of, you know, the realistic scenario for lots of different people um, that we're in an unprecedented time and we're all getting sick and tired of that phrase, but it's so true. And also the idea that it's okay to feel down Mm -hmm. and also perhaps don't let it dominate your life if you can help it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I'm really working hard with with, um, the folks that I'm connected to at the office. And from a coaching perspective, just trying to say like, you know, you can't do all the things. You can only control so many things. What's the one thing in your real estate practice that you can control that can directly impact your success. Mm-hmm. And very frankly, it's... Legion? It's face-to-face, right? It, it's yeah. face-to-face conversations. That might look like Zoom mm-hmm. in this day and age, but don't let off the gas on conversations with yep. people in your world because mm-hmm. you might be filling your pipeline for three years from now or it might be three weeks from now that you're going to be getting a closed transaction. And you know, those of us in the business for a little while know that that can happen just like in that. a moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a conversation regularly that we're having. And I think that that once people got over the hurdle of the fear, those mm-hmm. initial few weeks, um, even the first couple of months, mm-hmm. and we settled into, okay, we're in this for the long haul. Yeah. And how do we make sure that our businesses are robust through this, through this transition that will be many years long? Mm-hmm. Do you find that most of these conversations are with the newbie agents? Newbie. The ones that have not haven't gone through the two thousand and eight recession. Good point. Um, certainly, because I think that there's there are you know that's the nature of our business. There's lots of attrition, and there's lots of people that are in the business for maybe two licensing cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm. four ish, five years, and then they realize you know what it's a grind. It's not as easy as uh, as some people might make it look. Yeah, Tony. Well, I don't make it look. I don't make it look thing. And so, yeah, I think I think that is a conversation. Yeah. Certainly, with the new agents, we really, really a uh, huge focus of our of our brokerage is around training and and educating and teaching our yeah. agents good systems. Mm-hmm. And that's you know right at the onset. That's contacts. Yeah, get in touch. I would imagine though that even for older agents, it kind of seems like you're going there as well. I mean, if you're used to doing business a certain way, mm. it it may be harder to transition to, you know, Zoom calls or how do I still get in touch with my clients? Normally, I would actually go and have tea with them. Yes. And people are not doing that as much, mm-hmm. especially if they're a little bit older. Yeah. So I especially imagine that when everybody... just one little change on a clause that's right. that everybody complains. That's yeah. right. <laughs> no, but I imagine everybody needs support no yeah. matter where you are in your business, no matter how long you've been in the business. And mm-hmm. it helps to talk about these things and feel supported. Totally. That's one way to accept and, and kind of figure out a new plan that's going to work yes. uh, for your business. Yeah. And so long as the, those folks are open to a conversation sure. and, and ready to step outside of the comfort zone and mm-hmm. and maybe do things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. 
then, mm-hmm. you know, I have all the time in the world to have conversations about it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you split the the workload with yeah. Roland and yourself, yeah. like in terms of what your roles are in the in the brokerage? Yeah. So Roland is called um, the operating partner. So f- in our franchise, the operating partner is functions like the CEO of the organization. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he takes care of all of the interactions with our corporate franchise. Um, he, he oversees all of the financials um, and he certainly is a support to us at a, at a sort of a, a high leadership coaching and Roland's counseling. Great. He's Love awesome. Roland too. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, and so he, that's, that's a huge part of what he does. Um, and then I take on sort of the lion's share of the compliance broker mm-hmm. stuff, training, training mm-hmm. and um, interacting with counsel, interacting with the board um, and, and you know, direct face-to-face agent correspondence. And What's your favorite part? I I love the like as a broker I do love I love the face to face like I'm a, I am a people person mm-hmm. so I love the opportunity to connect with um, other realtors I love sharing trade secrets I love I love seeing and celebrating their success mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff really fills my cup mm-hmm. yeah are you seeing more agents uh, like dropping their license um, for this year and just kind of like giving up or do you see some new agents coming into the market because they're seeing an opportunity, just like you did when you entered. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, I haven't seen a dramatic loss of agent count. Uh, in our brokerage specifically, we see what I would say is normal attrition or turnover. We haven't had a huge influx of new agents specifically, but we're not, I wouldn't say we're directly targeting that demographic of realtor. Mm-hmm. We would. We love all different types of agents. Mm-hmm. Our business model is such that we're very focused on trying to help someone who may already be in production get more efficient, get better, improve mm-hmm. their numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's our sweet. That's and our, you guys that's our have excellent spot. systems for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and great training. Mm-hmm. I do have to so many. Remember, classes. I told you if mm-hmm. Keller. So when I first got licensed, Keller Williams wasn't actively mm-hmm. out here. I think they had just entered the valley or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But I had told Jenny, I said, if when I had been become licensed, if there was a Keller Williams, I would have gone with Keller Williams mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, I just find that the agents, the people, the way that you guys work, uh, it really speaks to me. I just have good experiences. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, I'm with a lot of agents at Oakland too. Yeah. Oakland agents are great too. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that I think that over and above that the the brand experience, which I mean, we definitely feel connected to. But it's the people. It's the people, yeah. and it's I mean, I feel that way very much about about your shop, and I feel that way very much about the the leadership at Oakland mm-hmm. doing an incredible job here, of of setting the bar high and and really uh, walking the walk as it relates to both leadership as well as community engagement. You know training, teaching, mm-hmm. inspiring, mm-hmm. motivating, creating culture. All yeah, absolutely. Huge. What would you say then is the most common question that you're getting from your real estate agents right now? Uh, hmm, fine question. They're so varied, the questions. Yeah. People really wanting to understand, I think, well, as we know, we just had a whole bunch of changes with, with contract templates. So yeah. there's always just the refresher for folks around you know, slow down. It's our job to stay current on the changes that are happening mm-hmm. as it relates to contract templates or systems or um, uh, relicensing educational requirements. That's a very, very, very too. common question yeah. Yeah. where agents don't understand the difference, for example, between what's required at the board level versus the council, the council level. Mm-hmm. So lots of questions there. Um, lots of questions about whether or not there needs to be supplementary um, steps taken in response to or in in light of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we've had lots of conversations about, you know, what our office protocols are, what direction we're getting from BCREA and, and the council and the board. So what's the biggest surprise of you being a managing broker that you did not expect when you signed on for this? <laughs> That's a good question. I did not yeah. expect how little um, agency responsibility business people would be taking in their own yeah. understanding of their craft right. and their and their trade. That kind of stuff I have very little patience for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as, a, as a person and certainly as a broker, it's like I love to help you. And also I can just as easily have a look at the professional standards manual mm-hmm. and find that clause. Mm-hmm. So go find that clause mm-hmm. and then let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah that's great advice. Mm-hmm. And a very good point. I sort of take a parental approach to, to that <laughs> sort of experience, which is let me help you. Yeah. Like, let you me can teach help you. Too. Let me help you help you yourself. Help yourself. Let me teach you how to find the right, right. right path. Like, 
obviously as brokers, the last thing we want to do is is have people feeling like they're alone. So mm-hmm. you're certainly not alone and we have an abundance of resources at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't taken it upon yourself to actually go and look for it, then sure. we're, we're definitely going to hit the pause button. Right. Do you think that's <laughs> just lack of direction from when they get licensed because they didn't know there were resources out there or just laziness? It could be. It could be. They just want the answers. The the truth is when I think back on my own experience as a new realtor and I think about how shy I was to ask my broker for pretty much anything, like I certainly was the opposite of what I can see some new agents be like. Whereas I just, I would just figure it out. I would call a colleague and do my best to try Mm -hmm. to figure it out because I would be so embarrassed to ask a silly question, which, Mm -hmm. which I'm not advocating. I think that it's important to ask the good questions. And I also think that the balance to that is it's important to make sure that you yourself are getting information, you know, participating. Are you coming to the office meetings? Are you attending the weekly broker corner where I'm, I'm going through lots of these things. I, I post lots of videos on our internal uh, channels that share communication. So yeah. have you have you done the step of looking at that first? Yeah. Yeah. Good points. And this, I think, speaks to your professionalism and accountability. Thanks. You have very high accountability. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's certainly something learned. And yeah. I have to give lots of credit to Roland on that piece. I um I've known Roland. We got we were in the business, kind of got in at the same time, and we'd always been f- kind of friends and um support for one another. And one of the things that struck me about the way that he runs his life and his business is just how focused he is on his targets mm-hmm. um, and his his own personal accountability. So that's been a huge, um, Im- that's had a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. Actually, we were talking about personality styles. <laughs> and what would you say you are and what what is Roland? We're just curious. You know, so, uh, so you might be familiar with the desk profile. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we talked about last. Yeah. So I'm a high eye. You'll yeah. be shocked to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. High I, high D, so but secondary D. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roland's a high D, so um, with a little bit of like I Analytical. and C. Yeah, in there. Analytical, so, yeah. Um, so we function really, really well together as business partners yes. um, in, in, in terms of the compatibility of those personalities. For sure. Yeah. And that so speaks to what we were talking about before, that not there's not one type that is superior to the other. They balance each other out mm-hmm. in order to form a great team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why so. it's a pie. That's right. <laughs> it's a pie. <laughs> What's uh, What do you predict for 2021 in terms of um, trends, the market, yeah. technology? Mm, good question. So... I mean, technology is a really, really prominent question and certainly something we've realized is both a blessing and a curse in our, in our <laughs> business. Yeah. Um, in terms of trends in 2021, like I, I'm a realist as it as it relates to looking at the landscape. So I think we have many more years of recession to come. Yes. I feel very optimistic. Another huge part of my life is my activism and my core and fundamental beliefs in so sort of anti-oppressive social justice principles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm genuinely hopeful that 2021 is an opportunity mm-hmm. for us to make some systemic changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as it relates to the real estate industry, wouldn't it be amazing if we can start to think about ways that we can help other folks get into sustainable and sustained housing mm-hmm. that is separate from the the absolutely. Uh, the, the real the estate market, yeah, <laughs> the, the the ownership market. Um, there's a there is a balance there, and I believe that it's possible. And we need we need people to be on board. Yeah, mm-hmm. where does it start? Where do you think it starts? Mm-hmm. And how can everybody participate? To get oh, involved? so easy. You just have to care. Oh, Every person has to care easy. enough to say it matters to me. Housing is important to me. Housing mm-hmm. is a fundamental human right, mm-hmm. and it matters to me at a municipal level, a provincial level, a federal level, and I make it known. Uh-huh. And it doesn't matter what spectrum you are in terms of where you lean on the political spectrum. For me, I genuinely believe, and this is my approach in life, is I don't care who you vote for. It doesn't matter. We should mm-hmm. actually all be working together. So, yeah. you know, whether you're, you, you're voting for Aaron O'Toole or, or Jagmeet Singh, it, we all, Aaron and Jagmeet, should be sitting down together, collaborating and talking about the ways that we can help all Canadians have basic human needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Can I talk about dealing with discri- housing discrimination with mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community? Sure. Because sure. I feel like there's just so much news articles and talk about how there's not a lot of buyers and sellers in comparison to like non-LGBT <laughs> home buyers and sellers. Is that is that statistic true or is that you know, in my Abstract, in, in my personal experience, I've I've not I, the vast majority of my my clients are 
you know, queer identified or from the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Very grateful for that, for Mm -hmm. that support. And I love servicing my community. Um, I have not had a direct experience where I've felt that there has been um, any untoward untoward dealing. And I feel as though when it it relates to access, Mm -hmm. we have to be aware that as a demographic, the LGBTQ community, certainly as a demographic, is less advantaged than Mm -hmm. perhaps their straight cis-identified colleagues, friends, community. Mm-hmm. And that's just, a, for me, a basic reality. You know, BIPOC trans individuals, for example, mm-hmm. are some of the most disenfranchised people on the planet, mm-hmm. the most endangered, uh, at risk of both harm as well as discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I like to just go into those things with eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an exact experience of there being, you know, an incident of discrimination mm-hmm. specifically, but mm-hmm. as it relates to access to housing, I do think that there is something to s- say to, for example, we we acknowledge that there's like a gender disparity in income, right? And yeah. And so you might think that a family with two women at the at the helm of the earning potential might be less advantaged than two men. Mm-hmm. Peak earning power, mm-hmm. you know, um, cisgendered white men are sort of at the peak of the hierarchy as it relates to to money and power. Yeah, um, indisputable mm-hmm. facts. Um, and so certainly there is a disparity there, right? They have just mm-hmm. access to more opportunity, and therefore, uh, and I think an easier road or path toward. Um, housing stability. Mm-hmm. What's why is it so important to you? Like you're doing a lot of volunteering, so tell me what kind of volunteer experience you have with advocating all this. So I mean, I don't want to paint myself. There's so many more people doing way more direct volunteering work. I, I have two really small children, so my direct experience in volunteering has has certainly gone down in terms of my time capacity. <laughs> but tell us yeah. what's out there because yeah. then we can and get how involved. can people get involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like some of the some of the organizations that I think are important to just pay attention to are, for example, like at the municipal level, there are a lot of amazing nonprofit organizations. Like for example, Rain City Housing, which is yeah. an organization that I've supported basically since the onset of my career, uh, and organizations just like that, and so many more. For yeah. example, Wish. Um, yeah, which has just which created a 24-7 in- environment where f- folks can f- have safe access to to housing and shelter. Mm-hmm. It's specifically for, um, like, sex workers and, and women on the downtown east side. Yeah. Um, all of these organizations, I think, are, you know, we can stand behind them and we can support them through our, uh, you know, through our dollars. Mm-hmm. That's one very, very straightforward way that we can support mm-hmm. And we can also support them through um, making it known to other decision makers in our environment and in our community that these are important organizations that require funding, that require mm-hmm. support. So having the conversations about it mm-hmm. and make it, yeah, within your own communities as well. Within your own communities and also outside of your communities and Absolutely. any opportunities, even when, you know, when it might feel like, oh, we should, we're not supposed to talk about politics and we don't want to talk about, you know, at the, th- at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, for example. I feel like it's an important <laughs> thing, though, in order yeah. to bring the world. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, what do you teach your kids about that? Like, how do they get involved? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. So my little ones are just under two. Layla will be two in November and Maya will be six in January. Okay. So they're little ones. But we talk with them, like we've talked a lot about the homelessness crisis mm-hmm. in Vancouver recently. Yeah. And and it's amazing the questions that children will ask. So Layla doesn't have a ton of words, but mostly it's my six-year-old asking lots of very good She's questions. Like, what, what kinds of questions? Um, why? Yeah. <laughs> why does this person not have a house? Why? Because That's a they hard don't question understand. to ask. Yeah. That's a hard question to answer. And it's puzzling. Yes. And so we just try to talk more about that. Everybody deserves to have a home. Some people make a choice to be where they are. Some people have not made that choice. And unfortunately, they're just, they don't have the support and the, and the care that they need. And, you know, they we try to potentially use some more broad language, like mm-hmm. maybe they're, they're sick and they don't have the care that they need. Mm-hmm. And therefore, um, they're, they're in a really, really hard place. And, you know, we, we try to also uh, model to them mm-hmm. um, the, the degree of kindness, you know, that, that you know, we, we um, for example, at, at birthdays, we have three little jars. So we do like a, like a coin style birthday party. So kids don't bring presents per se, but mm-hmm. bring a dollar for my Elta have a little gift and then a dollar for donation, donation. and then she can that. choose so great. where she wants to, to donate. So, I mean, instilling it from a young steps, age, small <laughs> yeah. steps. And I'm sure there are many ways that I can learn and I'm always open to learning more about 
What do they love to do? Um, What do they love to do? Do they sports or are they? Do they like to draw? They love. They love to draw. So very, very, very much into the arts um, and like kind of artistic stuff. Layla's quite naturally very musical. So we do Mm -hmm. lots of like family band. And uh, you're musical. Jams, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Sure. Love to. Fun. I want to see them live. How, how old is the band? How long have you guys been together? Uh, just over seven years. Nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, so band is called Queer as Funk. Yeah. And we're uh, Motown, soul, funk. Love co- it. Are we going to hear band? something today? <laughs> Do we get like a little bit of a glimpse of singing today? I mean, that's a like big acapella. Guys. I don't Come know. On. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot or anything. You're totally putting her on the spot. <laughs> uh, can I sing into this? I feel like I'll do you some can, of this. Oh, yeah. You can, though. You can. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Whoa, sometimes I get a good feeling. Love it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's fun. I've been in the band for since the since the onset, seven years ago. Where do you guys play? Oh, so in, normally. When, normally yeah, yeah, when we play, um, we've sold out the Commodore Ballroom oh, uh, nice. a number of years in a row. So usually we kick off Pride, the Friday so of Pride. Awesome. And it's been an amazing experience. Um We've played sort of all over the place, Imperial Room, uh, uh, Fortune. We do lots of Pride stuff. So we mm-hmm. played for various Prides um, across the province. We've done uh, the Jazz Festival. Yeah. It was an awesome gig. Sadly, we were supposed to do the the uh, Celebration of Lights this year Aww. and a Canada Day gig. So gigs these will come back. Really eventually. Gigs will come back. <laughs> these are good, really good jobs. That, yeah, for sure. Those are good gigs. Totally. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw a video of you up there on stage. I'm like, wow, this is so amazing because <laughs> – our initial experience together was only real estate. Mm. I'm like, wow, she's very cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Do you play any instruments? I play the guitar. I consider myself more of a campfire guitar player. <laughs> so certainly not in the band. <laughs> That's something singer. I can do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your most recent uh, charity work with Queer's Funk? Uh, well, Queer's Funk is super into um, advocacy and and connection to our our community. So. Um, a variety of organizations that we support. Last night we did um, like a live stream gig for BC Society of Transitional Houses, mm-hmm. okay. um, which is an, obviously an incredible organization uh, that we've been able to partner with for the last few years. Usually we would do their annual conference. And so it's an opportunity for us to, um, at the wrap up of their conference, you know, to kind of take it down a notch because they're dealing with such high intensity issues yeah mm-hmm. um and so it's lighter all, feeling yeah we can sort of break <laughs> the ice and they dance and we celebrate and they you know it's usually a quite a joyful experience mm-hmm. probably um, not the same last night when when you're in your own yeah. home and yeah we were yeah we're live streaming anyone. from from you know the training space and in, in the office but mm-hmm. um yeah we've we've partnered with a, a number of local organizations but so you're, you inspire a lot of people. So what's your biggest inspiration and who's your biggest inspiration? Oh my gosh. I have, I have so, so many. Um, <laughs> but right now I'm really looking to some of the incredible work that are, that's being done by sort of social justice a- advocates and activists um, that, are, that are active right now. So one mm-hmm. person in particular, Leila Syed, that uh, wrote a book um, called Me and White Supremacy, which is a workbook okay. for addressing... Um, social justice and inequality and sort of an, an acknowledgement of um, the existence of white privilege and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So that was something that um, I worked with the band. We've been kind of working through this coursework um, for about probably over a year now. Oh. Um, and so it's been very interesting through 2020. I feel like we've really sharpened the focus around racial inequality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel so um, inspired that this is a conversation that so many different people are having. Mm-hmm. And so the goal, I think, is to take it further, right? Like once it's out of the headlines and and it's not cool anymore for, for corporations to post that Black Lives Matter, like let's get real about right. that, what that take means. It, take it to action. Take the conversation further yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Let's, and, and let's take it to the Canadian context and let you know, let's let's address the the profound inequalities for First Nations folks in our in our country, and um, so there are many many local activists that I um, look to and feel very inspired by. Wow, amazing! Mm-hmm. You are such an inspiration. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So we're here with Connie Buna. She is the managing broker owner of Keller Williams mm-hmm. Realty Van Central. A lot of our audience members um, and listeners are 
real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And I think we should ask some specific questions about just like the business itself. Because sure. mm-hmm. I think there's a lot going on um, with with the market right now. Happily. Yeah. So what, what makes Keller Williams different from any other brokerage? Mm, good question. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with sort of the makeup. So our Van Central brokerage is different from others in that um, I think you have an opportunity to have direct contact with the leadership at the office. We're mm-hmm. a really, really open environment mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, very sharing. And and we're, we're, we certainly like to hold one another accountable. We have a weekly accountability group that we participate in with a lot of the top producers in our office. And one of the things that I've enjoyed about I'm in production as well. So as a, as a producing realtor, one of the things that's really impacted me through 2020 has been the opportunity to stay connected to these folks. So we do something called a 411 every week. Mm-hmm. And a 411 is essentially a weekly plan that reviews your annual targets, mm-hmm. your um, quarterly targets or monthly targets, and your weekly targets. So what are your weekly targets? What are your weekly targets? And how are they feeding your monthly target, which is feeding your quarterly target, which is feeding your an- your annual target? Mm-hmm. And we do that every single week. And every single week, it's an op- opportunity for us to confront, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. um, our commitments mm-hmm. to with one another. And we can um, we can brainstorm. It's just the experience of sharing also, I think, has certainly impacted my year. I'm on trend to have the best year of my career, both in production and GCI. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of that because it's been a strange year and it's been a hard year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly, uh, I, I think I set myself fairly modest targets as far as real estate production goes, and I'm I'm I've, I've hit and I'm I'm trending above now my my initial targets for 2020. Congrats! Thank yeah. you. So that feels awesome. Yeah. Um, and it also feels like um, you know, I I, I definitely I'm I'm grateful for the accountability piece because I feel like that's been that has directly impacted my ability to right. stay on target. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So is it, did you change it throughout like the second quarter, third quarter, or you actually, it's the same goal from, from when you started in January, 2020? Yeah. So I do my business planning in the fall or, or fourth quarter of the year before. Yeah. And so I set my targets in November, December of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I set myself a unit target for f- personal production. I wanted to do 40 units of personal production. I wanted to do uh, 10 referral partnerships. So doing referral business is actually a really important part of my business. And mm-hmm. so that's um, supporting clients outside of my core territory. Mm-hmm. So ensuring that I maintain um, the, the the relationship with that client and then connect them with an awesome realtor in that primary territory mm-hmm. so that they can get that direct knowledge and also have the experience of my support. Right. Um, so I've, I'm, I'm on trend. I've just closed our, we just closed our seventh referral partnership. So I have a target of 10. And then I had a GCI target, as we we often right. do gross commissions earnings. So mm-hmm. I've I've achieved that target as well. So that for me, I didn't adjust any of those targets. Although that was a lot of conversation in the early days of COVID. Is you know, do we should reset you? and should we? I think Tony. I think in fact we were on a call together when we, we were, were talking about resetting. And um, I was simply quite busy, and so I literally didn't have time to reset the targets. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that's. Just fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. What about for next year then? Yeah. Because we're in uh, the fourth Q- Q4 now. Yes. So you would have done your business plan or been looking at it? Yeah. I'm thinking a lot about my business plan. So I'm on trend for, you know, fingers crossed, 50 plus units of personal production. And what I'm recognizing about that mm-hmm. is it's too much for mm-hmm. me to do um, and have a balance with my life. So yeah. the one thing that's different is I'm not performing as much. So I'm not taking as much time away uh, mm. that I typically would in a mm-hmm. regular year. Mm-hmm. I'm not connected as much to my like physical well-being that I would mm. typically like to do. And so what I'm realizing is, and I'm also not a hoarder by nature. I love sharing and I, I welcome it. So what we've done this year is actually we've we've built out our team and, and we're developing more support branches so that Perfect. people can, like the most important thing for me is that our clients feel cared for, supported, and that they have great advocacy and, mm-hmm. and knowledge in their corner. And so mm-hmm. we're building that out so that next year, ideally, my target will remain somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. 40 units of production was my target for this year. And I think that that's achievable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and any more than that, I, I feel is putting a, a little too much pressure. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe so. just working smarter, yeah, like keeping working it. smarter and streamlining and yeah. increasing that referral target. So, so that, besides you and Roland, how many um, others are on your team? We have five other realtors on our team. Okay. Yeah. And administration team? Three admin. Okay. Yeah. That's the Keller Williams model. That is leverage. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have an incredible, incredible team that we um, appreciate, that we pay fairly, that we adore and respect. And, you know, it's, it's really, really important for us that we're in it together, that mm-hmm. it's not only about us, you know, being superstars and making all kinds of money and doing all kinds of things at the direct expense of other people. We Absolutely. actually are trying to raise them, raise them up and make sure that we're so much more focused. fulfilling. Yeah. Feels great. Well, Feels team like culture up. is definitely, uh, it'll help with the retention yeah. and get but to enjoy everybody. I think that's also why they don't have a super huge attrition rate. Mm-hmm. Like I would actually think that yours is probably a little bit less than the norm. And yeah, I think we do have some, some, we have some really, really nice reasons why people stay. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, when we, when we have folks and people move on to other brokerages for many, many reasons, I've been to many brokerages myself and there are a variety of reasons. And so we just, we, we do try to have a great conversation with folks at that exit um, interview time to say, tell us a little more. Could we have done something different? Or is this more just a personal decision? Right. And at the end of the day, we respect it. We know that we're going to be in business for a very long time. And so we want to maintain those mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we have time for 10 rapid fire questions? Ooh. It's 11.50. Do you have time? I do. Okay, well, let's, let's do it. So we're here with Connie Buna, and we're going to start our 10 rapid fire questions. Number one, what's heavily played on your music playlist right now? Leon Bridges. I don't know. Look it up. I will. I will. I'm going to make a note. Name one thing you've learned the hard way. Oh, God. <laughs> letting, letting things go. Oh, letting go of control. Yeah. Letting go of control. I still struggle with that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Do you have advice for that then? Uh, how do you like literally how do you let go or if something's not going your not even not going your way but um if something was happening that was completely out of your control had nothing to do with you but obviously you want your client to be happy like mm-hmm. something like that uh i'm getting better at asking better questions yeah so asking the question to hear the response not to form my next question yeah that's really smart one piece yeah what are three words to describe yourself uh, positive, energetic, and happy. I could definitely feel that. Yeah. Energy. <laughs> I like, was going to say loving, but cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Both. Okay, that's four. <laughs> I know, she has four. <laughs> you want me to? Okay, yeah, go. number four. Describe your most memorable experience on stage. Oh, gosh. Our last performance at the Commodore Ballroom for our encore, we performed Freedom, oh. um, George Michael. And wow. we had um, some guest performers that came out on stage with us. Um, we had an amazing a cappella group that was singing along with us, and the whole, oh, it's such an iconic song. Um, <laughs> and we had the whole audience singing with us, and it was just a super powerful mm-hmm. moment uh, to to celebrate Pride and to, to think about the spirit of, uh, you know, justice and fighting for all people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I do know that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's a great song. I haven't seen you on stage. So do you have like an alter ego or like a stage name? I don't have a stage name <laughs> no. per se. Or like, are you, get, do you get into character? Like Beyonce does. I would say so. I yeah. would say there's sort of an element of, um, of uh, swag yeah. that, okay. that occurs when one is on stage. You sort of get into the zone a little bit. And, uh, you know, I can be quite playful with my, um, my kind of front person, uh, yeah. Jocelyn is my my counterpart, and so we do have a, a nice fun banter that we that we get into. How many members on the band? In the band, we're an eight piece band. Oh wow, okay. that's so full fledged. Yeah, like what? So we've, we've got a, we've got two singers, we've got a keyboard player, bass player, guitar player, horns, drummer, the whole obviously. shebang. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> percussion is the most important. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And do they all have jobs as well? Like, or is this their... Many of the many of the other musicians in Queer Spunk are actually a working performer. So it's been a very, mm-hmm. very um, hard year for for yeah. art, for the arts community and for artists and musicians generally. And I think also just people like this is this is our well lifeblood for yeah. for folks that do this for yeah. A living. Mm-hmm. I want for sure. want to thank them for entertaining mm-hmm. the world, yeah. Yeah. especially live stream last night. What is your most defining moment in life so far? Oh. 
defining moment, perhaps as as cliche as it might sound, it's sort of the birth of our first child and that like huge life shift. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I have something bigger to live for. Yeah. I don't know how that feels. I know. It made me so want to be an even better person too, for yeah, sure. Too. But you, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. You just want to do everything integrous all the time. Like it wasn't like it was different before, mm -hmm. but it's, you're more mindful too of the things that you're saying because they're like sponges. Yeah. 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 Where or who do you find inspiration? I, this, yeah, I, 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 I really like, I follow lots of um, like powerful, motivating thinkers. I'm trying to focus myself around like seeking positivity. Mm -hmm. And so I, there's lots of people out there that are, I think are doing really wonderful, amazing things, including people like at the Canadian level, at the local level that are, I think are like inspiring leader, leaders, you know, I love Jagmeet Singh. Mm -hmm. I love Christine Boyle in, in city council here in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I think she's an inspiring leader and I just love supporting her and everything mm -hmm. she's doing. Um, so, you know, at that level and then, and then beyond, there's so many people that are doing incredible, incredible things. Were you into this like before real estate, like the love of, of like supporting social housing and, and it, it's community been, involvement? Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely, a, I don't know that it necessarily directly relates to my path in real estate, but it certainly has been an awakening for me in the last probably seven years. I think a lot of it actually has to do with the band, in fact, mm. um, and some really powerful conversations that we've had with our community members where we've been, you know, the phrase called in. Mm -hmm. So called in around acknowledging the music that we play, which is predominantly black music produced and performed by black artists. And we were at times very much a white presenting band. Mm -hmm. And so we had some really powerful conversations about that piece of social justice. And very then I think, I think that really definitely is, is something that becomes like a rhizome of, of other things. Yeah. I love the intentions there. I know, me too. Yeah. What has the pandemic or 2020 taught you the most? I think it teaches us that what we need and where we need to focus our energy is actually quite local. So I think it teaches us that the pandemic has shown us how we have control over our local environments. We can make changes. Uh, you know, things are not always as they seem or set in stone. Think about the business models of mm -hmm. airlines and travel companies and those folks that I think they that they could never fathom that their world would be so dramatically disrupted. Right. Yeah. And so 2020 has been a real eye-opener to think about that your family, your health, your well-being, your home, these are some of the most important things in your world. Mm -hmm. And those things are, again, we're going back to like hierarchy of needs. Yeah. 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 You know, these are these are basic needs and yeah. we, these are the focuses. It yeah. shouldn't be on. Think about the micro <clears throat> ecosystem, the micro. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think we had that conversation too on one of those team calls as well. Mm -hmm. It was like, what's actually important to you? Yeah. And how can you, it wasn't just about real estate. It mm -hmm. was questioning what you want to do with your life, how you want to be better mm -hmm. and how you want to be seen in the world. Totally. What are you most grateful for? Oh, I'm super grateful for, I think, I, I, I just feel very, very privileged for all of the abundance that I have in my life. I feel hyper aware of it. Mm. Um, and I feel really, really grateful that I'm able to do what I do um, and that I live here and that, you know, we get to experience such a beautiful, not just a beautiful environment, but also a beautiful community of people. I'm, I'm definitely someone that believes in, in the good of humans. And so I think that uh, I feel very grateful for all of the wonderful work that people are doing around us mm -hmm. and uh, want to ampli amplify their voices and, and their experiences for sure. Yeah, it's a very strong voice. And and then you add seven other band know, members right? to that. Andrew, Andrew are community creating well. a riot. Yeah, I know, That's right. right. Rise up. Uh, <laughs> what's something new that we can look forward to about Connie? Something new. Um, oh, geez, what's new? I, I feel like um, I really am interested in getting more involved in direct co coaching and training. So stepping outside of coaching and training in my brokerage and, and doing a little bit more with other folks. So that's something that uh, Roland and I both are very actively working on right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Is there so something specific that you feel when someone graduates or as soon as they get their license, yeah. they mm -hmm. we really need to create some sort of system or yeah. 
a program in place? If I had to think about one thing, if I'm giving a realtor advice, what's the one thing you can do that's going to absolutely profoundly change your your trajectory of your career? It's mm-hmm. um, a dollar saved is a dollar earned. Watch your money. Watch your budget. Watch how you spend. It's mm-hmm. it's funny how um, intoxifying, if that's the correct word, it can be for a realtor to get their first commission check. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it goes into this black hole that is the single bank account yeah. um, with no accountability on who else needs to take a piece of that mm-hmm. um, and planning, you know, t- so that for me feels like a huge piece around wh- where I'm hoping to develop my skill as a coach and a trainer mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. really helping to impart some of those things that I learned the hard way mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we all have at some point. Mm-hmm. That's one those of the, are the hardest lessons. Yeah, part of, one of the pillars is the budget model exactly. that you learn as part of your business. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, do you want to go back to the last question? Yes, what is it? It was, what was it the was, best piece of advice you've ever received? Yeah, that that's right. Sure. Good memory. So yeah. I'm, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking about something that my coach just recently shared with me this past year, which was what I touched on previously. Are you in your strength zone? Yeah. Are you in a place where you can shine or are you just spinning in a wheel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think that relates to relationships, uh-huh. that relates to your work, that relates to your your other passions. Like there are so many ways our, our time is so precious and there are so many ways that we can be, you know, in in powerful positions mm-hmm. in, in ways that are filling us up and making us feel really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that for me is like a huge lesson. And that strength zone. That's strength a good zone. one. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of that, but you, I've never heard great. of that either. Zone. So, so you learn something it. new every day. Well, yeah, especially when especially we have such a great guest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, is there anything else that you would want to add that, I mean, we've been asking, well, well, I want to know question, where can question, people find question. you. Yes. yes. What are your social media handles, your, Thank you. your band? Where can where can we look you For up? Sure. Yeah, so Queers Funk is the band. Um, online, Connie Buna, there's not too many of us out there, so you can find me there. Um, and I'm trying to, like, really dial down on the social media, are like, you? not be <laughs> on it, in it all the time. You get it. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, – so. Connect with me um, on the old telephone. My phone number is all over the internet, and you can call me, and I answer phone calls. Yes, you do. Yes, yes I do. I can. I can. <laughs> Did just you call that. her? Yeah. Well, regarding the deals. Oh, yes. I thought you called her before this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank yeah. you so much. I'm Thank so you. happy Connie. we got to see you today. Thank you for inviting me, and it's always a pleasure to see you both. You're a beautiful human. Thank you. Right back at you. <laughs> Thank you. We hope this has been helpful. Our intention is to unite the industry's most powerful, top-performing women, empower women with aspiring stories, and provide you with tools and actionable strategies so you can apply it to your personal and professional life. So what we'd love you to do is connect with us on Instagram at In The House Podcast. If you've listened to this episode, take a screenshot of it and share and tag us on your feed. Let us know your thoughts. Give us some feedback. We want to connect with you and hear about your journey. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Don't forget to hit subscribe, write a review, and share our profile with your friends and peers. Until next time.